This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 8th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. A new fight at the U.S. Supreme Court over state restrictions on school choice and the seemingly anachronistic debate among Democratic presidential contenders over public school busing offers us an opportunity to have a real, substantial conversation about education and whether it should be driven by mandates or by the choices of parents. Cato's Neil McCluskey comments. There is an ongoing debate among Democrats right now on the issue of busing, which I don't know if they're pulling issues out of a hat in a, in a way, but it seems to be aimed at uh, some Democrats wanting to make use of Joe Biden's previous positions on busing and uh, uh, taking him to task for those. Uh, but busing isn't a real issue anymore, uh, is it? Well, people have not talked about busing as a viable policy for a long time. Uh, And the reason they haven't is because busing is extremely unpopular. If you look at polling, uh, and even if you break it down by all sorts of different groups, it always has very high negatives. And if you look at the general public, the general public, very large majority for a very long time has opposed busing and it's really opposed any sort of school assignment that takes people away from their nearby neighborhood public school. That said, there's absolutely a continuing legitimate concern that African-Americans in particular are not able to access good education. Busing isn't the way, I think, to deal with that, but at least that is a legitimate issue. It is certainly also the case so that it seems, at least, a lot of this is really kind of aimed at let's take down the front runner was Joe Biden. Right. So, I mean, this issue, I can't imagine that talking about busing, particularly low-income or minority kids, across town to uh, some other school is going to be a viable topic of debate outside of the early goings of uh, the Democratic primary season. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it is probably virtue signaling. Some of it, though, I really do think is people who have become exasperated with the situation in our education system, in particular, the the people who are hurt the most, which are low-income people, tend to be minorities. And so to that extent, I can understand people say, well, we need a solution right now. But if you are someone running for president, and if you have seriously paid attention to politics and policy, you know that busing is simply not a viable answer. There are answers. School choice is something that's very popular with a lot of people, but I do think some of this busing discussion is a way of saying we're just fed up with the system that we've got. All right. Uh, Related to that uh, is the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear Espinoza v. Montana Department of Revenue. This is a case about a scholarship tax credit program uh, that the Montana Supreme Court threw out uh, because it had allowed parents to use scholarships. that were provided uh, via generous tax credit uh, using those scholarships at religious schools. So this is an opportunity for the court to do what? Well, so sort of over time, we have seen a gradual increase in the acceptance that it is legal for, for people to take a voucher or a scholarship where the money, somebody who donated gets a tax credit and take it to a religious school. 
and it's it's been increasingly based in the the recognition that government's actually discriminating against religious people when they say you can use this government funding for something secular but as soon as you freely choose to use it in something religious that's off limits clearly I think clearly that is discrimination against religion. And what we've seen is in in 2002, the U.S. Supreme Court said a voucher where the parent is freely choosing where that money goes doesn't violate the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. But 37 states have something called a Blaine Amendment. You got to go back to the 1870s and the Blaine Amendment was essentially first an effort to get a federal amendment by a guy named James G. Blaine, a senator from Maine. Uh, When that failed, lots of efforts were made at the state level to say no funds from the government, either directly or indirectly, can, uh, can support sectarian institutions. Understanding what sectarian meant. It meant Catholic, right. (laughs) Because the public schools were Protestant institutions. Uh, They weren't denominational, but they were clearly Protestant. And there was a lot of anti-Catholic sentiment that continued in this country for a very long time. Um, And so people see these Blaine Amendments and they say, well, they're anti-Catholic. Now they're really more I don't think people support them, by the way, because they're anti-Catholic for the most part, or they're anti-religious, but their effect is to treat religious people as second-class citizens. And we now have this case in Montana where the Blaine Amendment is being taken on directly, saying that you cannot say someone can't freely choose a religious school. And this is kind of taking us to a point we've been moving towards slowly over many, many decades. So you take these two things in turn and uh, you see an opportunity really for a really first principles kind of discussion about what kind of education will be delivered in the United States for young people. That's right. There's a, I mean, there's a really interesting connection sort of between busing and between this Blaine Amendment case. Both of these uh, efforts are to really overcome, trying to overcome past discrimination. I mean, busing is a, largely about government required us to have segregated schools. I mean, to treat African-Americans as second-class citizens. Blaine Amendments were set in Because, yes, Roman Catholics were allowed to use the public schools, but the purpose of the public schools many people saw was to take Roman Catholics and move them into becoming Protestants. And again, the the basic now reason for the Blaine Amendments was discrimination. We don't like this religion. And so both of these things are about overcoming discrimination, making – you know overcoming the effects of discrimination, but from two very different perspectives. Busing ultimately is, will we give government the power to assign you to a school, not even the way we usually do it, which is you buy a house and then you're assigned to the school nearest. It doesn't matter where you live. We will tell you where you go to school. That is sort of a big increase, at the very least, in government power. And then the Blaine Amendment issue and fighting Blaine Amendments is to move us in the other direction, far more putting the power in the hands of parents and letting families make free decisions about where they go to school. So we're now sort of have these two things coming together at one time where for maybe the next year or so, at least until the Supreme Court rules, we can really have two fundamentally different ways of looking at education and how it should be delivered and let people sort of debate this. Really think about why do we assign kids to schools the way we do and is there a better way to do it? 
What we need to avoid is all the polemics that usually goes with something like this, because they're actually very legitimate reasons to argue for either one of these. Even if I don't, I'm not a fan of busing. I obviously like school choice, but I can also understand why people think we need busing now because we have such a long, terrible history of oppression of African Americans. Neil McCluskey directs the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 